Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. A lot of news to cover this week. So much has happened in the Kentucky technology ecosystem. So we're just going to cover it all. We're going to talk about Zometry. We're going to talk about Bat BNB. And we're going to talk about Amazon because, of course, we're going to talk about Amazon. So don't miss it. A news roundtable this week. Let's learn what's going on. the Middle Tech Podcast. Nate Antetomaso up here in Chicago, down in Lexington, Kentucky. We have my co-host Evan Knowles and our new producer, Logan Jones. How you doing, guys? Doing great. Great, man. Just uh, just walked back to my apartment from Thursday Night Live, so it's been a busy day at work and then went down to Thursday Night Live. Do you have an adult beverage or two? Yeah, there it is. Going to be a, a loose episode now? Country boy. Shout out to Dude, we, we should actually do an episode um, about all the breweries in Lexington. Yeah, full, di- full disclosure, I was down at Ethereal before we started this podcast as well. I had a glass of wine at WeWork, so I think we're all set. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I didn't like fully appreciate Lexington's beer scene until I moved up here. Obviously, there's more breweries up, che- up here just by the size of the market, but like the impact that those brands have in Lexington and like how much it, it just like influences culture and events down there is nothing like it up here. I mean, the beer scene down there is just so strong. Yeah. I think there's just an alcohol uh, kind of gene in this area and people appreciate <laughs> fine alcohol, you know, bourbon and yeah. they're not used to generic brands probably. And they just enjoy good breweries and craft beer. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I think it's just part of the culture. Yeah, what's your favorite? I'm not really a huge beer guy, honestly. I don't drink a whole lot of alcohol in general. Um, but when I do drink beer, I guess I go with, like, I mean, Country Boy, um, Cougar Bait. Cougar Bait, classic. Logan, what about you? I find myself at uh, Blue Stallion Brewery a lot for lunch yep. with uh, with dads there. Yeah, I always, oh, I always go with yeah, – dude, I know. I always go with the Dunkle there when I go there for lunch. Mm-hmm. It's a really good beer. But, yeah, man, dads, you cannot beat that. I have to, I have to eat there at least once a week. We need to get for- dad on here. <laughs> dad himself. I forgot they had the sandwich place there, and I thought you just meant that you go to Blue Stallion and hang out with dads. <laughs> <laughs> My dad would love it too, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Blue Stallion was my favorite, or still is my favorite. They had their Hefeweizen one time, but they put, like, jalapeno in it. It was insane. It was so good. But, I mean, this is kind of a good transition. Let's actually start talking about what this podcast is about. You know, all these breweries are are great local businesses. We wanted to do this first episode this week as kind of a a local news, local business roundtable. I mean... The mission of this podcast is just to talk about everything that's happening in the region, but we've never really dedicated an episode just to going over news, just talking about what's going on and bringing highlights to in-the-moment stories versus you know some more deep dives into the important players. So that's what we're going to do today is just talk in the moment, talk about what's going on this week. Yeah. A few big stories. Uh, let's start with uh, Zometry. So- yeah. Zometry is awesome because they acquired a company in town called Make Time, 
And mm-hmm. uh, I've sat down with the founder of MakeTime, Jura, uh, and they've built an awesome company and they ended up getting acquired last year by Zometry. And so uh, what, what Zometry is building is an on-demand marketplace for manufactured parts. Yeah. So that could be 3D printed parts, sheet metal. There's a whole range of services they provide uh, for on-demand printing and uh, CNC machines. And um, it's a really awesome marketplace. So mm-hmm. they really built out a great platform. So is the and, real quick, is the like business model, if I'm trying to create a physical product, a prototype or something, I can get on their platform and find um, machines that are available to create it in their downtime. Therefore, it's a lot cheaper for me versus buying the machine. Yeah, so essentially they've connected uh, anybody that wants to manufacture some kind of a product to mm-hmm. a bunch of machine shops and other manufacturers that are u- not utilizing fully their, their machines or their, their printers. Yeah. Um, and so they built this marketplace and you, let's say want to create a prototype of some kind of uh, invention. Yep. You can take your CAD drawings or whatever uh, software you're using to visualize that and create the renderings. You can put that into Zometry and then you'll mm-hmm. get an instant, uh, you get a quote. Uh, much faster than you normally would. Uh, so you get a quote, and yep. you can decide if that's something you want to move forward with. And then if you do, that quote is then sent to all of the vendors that can print it. Um, mm-hmm. And it, there's artificial intelligence on the back end that looks at your drawing, looks at what kind of materials you want to print or use, and then it routes those those quotes and those orders to the appropriate vendors. So really well-built-out platform. Again, it's a marketplace. Marketplace models are, uh, you know, pretty special all the rage Uh, right now they yeah they connect and uh bring full utilization if i could say that word uh, (laughs) to a lot of different places because you know just like machines just like cars just like hotels and how and homes you know if they're not fully utilized then there's an opportunity there to create a marketplace so that they can be fully utilized by people that want lower prices yeah Um, and and just for the for the listeners that's, that's ultimately what they're doing for sure. For the listeners, you know, what Evan is kind of referencing there with the marketplace model that brings utilization is Uber, Lyft, Airbnb. Uh, give me a couple other ones here. It's just the we idea. Work. I mean, we, yeah, the sharing economy, you know, utilizing these spaces to their max efficiency. Create a marketplace of, you know, unutilized assets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they just raised $50 million, Series D. Uh, they've raised a total of $113 million, and they raised money from some really big names, which is awesome. Uh, names like GE, General Electric, BMW, Foundry, um, you know, Brad Feld, and uh, you know, that whole group, and yeah. older, uh, Dell, Highland Capital uh, out of Silicon Valley. So there's huge names from around the United States. Again, everybody's interested in this model. 3D printing, once that really starts to blow up, Zometry will be riding that wave. Um, and then, like I said, there's artificial intelligence on the back end. So any company that's got great artificial intelligence or working towards great artificial intelligence is going to get a ton of funding. So mm-hmm. they're in a really good spot. Yeah. So for just I remember you know being in school and, and going through the, the entrepreneurial stuff at UK and then you know in Fuji and everything. Make Time was one of the other big startups in Lexington, and then Zometry acquired them. Were they doing exactly the same thing, um, and Zometry just acquired their competitor, or you know, did they adjust their business model at all? Do you know anything about that? 
I don't know the details. We'll have to get Drew on here to you know go yeah, dive yeah. deep into that. We really um, do. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll do that. But from what I understand, pretty similar business models. Mm-hmm. Zometry might have had a more built out um, quoting uh, software and some yeah. of that AI built out. Um, but very similar business models. And so Zometry, um, I guess, came along and said, "Listen, we're doing something very similar." Um, you know, we're, we're wanting to move fast and you guys are in the same space. So let's, let's figure something out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the details. So again, I don't want to speak too much on it, but we'll have to get Drora, you know, on here and talk more about that. For sure. That'll be a good episode coming up. So, I mean, my, my thoughts about this is that it's, I mean, the marketplace model, like you were saying is, is, you know, game changing for any industry that it's in. Um, but it's, it's also game changing for the region because, as this continues to grow, as it continues to raise more money and, and have more market saturation, help more people make prototypes, get involved with more machinery that is sitting idle, um, it's just going to bring more attention to the company that's doing it, which obviously in turn will bring attention to their Lexington office in Lexington yeah. in general. Um, this was in the Wall Street Journal <laughs> when this story broke in the journal, which is crazy. Yeah, I think they have the exclusive story. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, I mean, it's just huge, and that's why we're here to talk about it because it's, it's just going to keep getting more impactful in the area. Um, and I, I wish I had seen more coverage on it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Lexington was mentioned in that article, which is yeah. really great. Um, so you know, brought some awareness to this this side of the the business, um, and that's that's awesome. I think that the more that happens, the more companies that you know get acquired in this region and go on to help grow awesome, yeah. really big companies like this and. You know, I was, I was speaking with a buddy who works there. Um, it seems like they're probably going to IPO. Um, again, this is a huge so? market. Uh, they're, from what I understand, what he told me, they're moving towards that. Um, wow. It's such a big market, apparently, that it doesn't really make sense to to be acquired. Um, mm-hmm. Their marketplaces, you know, if you have a great marketplace going, uh, there's really no, no sense in selling it unless you're yeah. selling to a very similar marketplace that's already bigger than you. Um so yeah, I expect from what I hear and from what I've been watching and their their funding rounds and the patterns, they they probably should IPO soon. That's what I imagine. Yeah, it's one of those things that just makes sense. I mean, machining and tooling is such a, a you know crazy intense industry, and it's such a capital intensive endeavor. Um, and so when you have a model like this, it just makes sense. Why wouldn't people who've bought the machines lease them out? Why wouldn't people who are just making a prototype? you know, make it a lot more cheaper by leasing a machine. And when you have a, a a business model that just makes sense and it's almost like, well, duh, why hasn't someone done it before? I mean, that's when you see the true successes. Yeah, I mean, this, and like I said a little earlier, when 3D printing really reaches its potential, it hasn't even come close to what it will be. I mean, that's what this will ultimately become. I mean, anybody that wants to create anything, I mean, they currently do that, but it'll just be a totally different scale once 3d printing really blows up and the price of that um, goes down for sure so the next big story was something that i actually didn't know was happening until wednesday of this week when uh, i got on my phone and i was just scrolling through twitter jeff bezos was in northern kentucky this week i remembered uh they had announced something with cvg the cincinnati airport that they were going um to you know build out their operations there they already have a massive distribution center up there in northern um but they they broke the ground on the space it's a 1.4 billion dollar 
Prime Air Hub, um, and it's it's at CVG. So Prime Air is their new initiative. Um, instead of you know shipping their their boxes on on FedEx Air or whatever else it is, they're operating their their own airline for these packages and just you know really building out that supply chain. So they're investing 1.4 billion dollars in the space. It's going to be absolutely insane. It's going to open in 2021, so two years to build for something that's that big. That's what you would expect. Um, it just seems absolutely crazy uh, that that much investment is being given in the space, but I think it's because of where it is physically located in the country. That's what we talk about with Lexington. You know, it's so close to so much of the country. It's right in the middle. Obviously, the Cincinnati area is the same thing, and it, it's just going to be a big spot for Amazon, and it's cool that that Bezos came out himself. Yeah. Yeah, really exciting story. Uh, 2,000 jobs are supposed to be created, which is great for that region. Um, and ultimately what Amazon's doing here, and we kind of spoke about them on a late, on a you know earlier episode, they're just trying to own more of the logistics, you know, you can call it stack, you know, to use tech term, you know, software terminology. Uh, they're trying to just own as much of the logistics supply chain as possible. The mm-hmm. more they own, the more they control the margins, the faster they can get people deliveries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a play to say, we're going to start buying our own airplanes. We're going to have our own airplane fleet. We need a place for that to live. Um, and so CVG, like you said, is pretty uh, strategically located for them to get deliveries to people pretty quickly. My favorite airport in the area, too. Oh, yeah. You can get some great flights from CVG <laughs> out to Denver and L.A. Like, it's so clutch. That'll be interesting to watch them compete with Louisville, with UPS, mm-hmm. having their headquarters right in Louisville, right down the road. It'll be kind of yeah. interesting to see uh, if they can get as much demand as UPS gets out of out of Louisville's airport. Yeah, yeah. that's a huge operation over there. The World Port, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, uh, they. I mean, they just make so much money. They offer people free college at the the Bluegrass Community and Technical College that's there on the University of Louisville's campus. If you work for them part time, you get free education, including room and board which is absolutely insane. They they just need as much staff as they can get and are making the kind of money to to support that. I think every single iPhone that comes to the US goes through Louisville. Really? Yeah. Know, that's that's cool. crazy. Through that world port. Yeah, they it flies in from China to like Anchorage, Alaska and then to Louisville and then they distribute it from there. Yeah. I don't know enough about logistics to know how it'll, you know, affect UPS. You got to think it will. I mean, if Amazon didn't have planes before, then you know they were using something like UPS or FedEx to do yeah. that. Now they're just taking that capacity and bringing it in-house. So I imagine UPS and FedEx are going to lose a good chunk of business. I can't imagine them not. So we'll see what happens. I think um, – I mean I, I don't want to oversell this in the short term because the last article I read, they had something like 20 planes max, um, which – is a lot of planes, but it, I mean, it's nothing that's going to support a, a nationwide supply chain. But as they continue to grow, which they're clearly looking to do with this investment uh, in the future, that's when we're going to see, you know, kind of the, the shakeup in the space. And it's cool that if the companies are being shaken up, the region is still going to be solid within it. Yeah. Yeah. This whole supply chain is what they seem super focused on. I read another article, I didn't dive too deep into it, but mm-hmm. they're paying people a lot of money to basically franchise uh franchise out you know the delivery on the ground trucks Mm -hmm. and they're paying people a lot of money to do that because they need more drivers so they're really incentivizing people to start those franchises and those businesses to 
uh, you know, be the distribution on the ground. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of Louisville, our next uh, topic, or did you guys have anything left for that one? No, it's, it's good. Cool. Cool. So our next topic, uh, bat B and B, which first off, eh, on the name. Yeah, a little cheesy. <laughs> bat B and B is also Louisville based. Um, there's two co-founders. Uh, one of them actually went to UK. Uh, the other is in Louisville, but w- works for Google um, based on the, the website. So maybe he works from home or something. Um, but it is like it sounds, uh, bat B and B it's, Airbnb for bats in a way they they basically create like birdhouses um, designed for bats to put in your backyard and they eat the mosquitoes. Yeah, makes sense. What are the founders' names? Uh, well, that's a great question and an answer that I should have. It is Harrison Broadhurst, which great name. He went to UK and then Christopher Ranaforce, and I definitely pronounced that wrong. He is a sales manager at Google in the Louisville area. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool cool model. I mean, uh, mosquito control is something that uh, is, is kind of all uh, is important right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just in third world countries where people are dying of malaria and and other untreated diseases, but you know everywhere. And you know, it'd be great if we can you know get that population down and do it in a natural way without yeah. Uh, anything dangerous without a bunch of chemicals and everything yeah um so the reason we're talking about them is because they were just on shark tank this week um and they were seeking a hundred thousand dollars for a 16 percent stake um you know i'm sure listeners have watched shark tank they know how it works you're in front of mark cuban and um why am I blanking on all these names? Kevin right O'Leary. Now? Kevin yeah. O'Leary. <laughs> okay, Robert Herjavec. Yeah. Uh, Damon John. Um, I forgot the woman's name. Uh, oh, what is it? Barbara. Barbara Corcoran. Barbara. Corcoran. Barbara. Yeah. She has out. a good How I Built This podcast. She has a yeah. good um, so they, they, you know, they walk into the room, the, the dramatic music plays and whatnot, and they were looking for $100,000 for 16% in their company. Every other shark declined except O'Leary, uh, Mr. Wonderful. He offered $100,000 for a 33.3% stake, so becoming an equal partner with the two of them. Um, they would each own a third of the business, and he didn't take their counter offer, so they accepted. Um, and so now they have $100,000 in funding and Kevin O'Leary as an investor, so I think that's going to take them places. Yeah, that's that's exciting. So. I read that it had $135,000 of revenue in the first year. It wasn't even, it was less than a year. That's pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, One Direction, I think, I don't know if I read this or if I imagined it myself, but uh, I think they'd be pretty successful going B2B, you know, in venues, in yeah. parks, anywhere that, uh, you know, government-owned or business-owned properties that don't want a whole lot of mosquitoes running around, but they want to do it in a way that, you know, is good and natural and, Bats are kind of exciting, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think B two B, you know, the B two B angle could be cool for them. That, that's a really good point. I wonder if they if they've done that. I'm sure. I mean, there's so many venues that uh, would love to get rid of mosquitoes. Every venue, every park, every, I mean, every any amphitheater, literally anything. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, some people are scared of bats, which I can kind of understand, uh, but they were you know, around my neighborhoods growing up and yeah. I thought they were cool. They just come out at night, they fly around, they eat bugs and they 
sleep during the day. I, mean, it's... I remember they had, we had a bat in my high school one day. It was just like the middle of the day. And, it, you know, all guys high school, we were all just like making jokes and freaking out about it. <laughs> it was a fun day. No, okay. You're yeah. just going to let me hang on that one? <laughs> I was thinking. I, was... I, wanted, I wanted something there. Yeah, well, I was going to tell another. I mean, it just, you know, you can only talk about bats so much. I was going to talk about whenever I think of bats, I think of the NBA and Manu Ginobili. <laughs> I always think of that episode of The Office where uh, Jim t- tricks Dwight into thinking that he's turning into a vampire. Have you guys watched The Office at all? Yeah. Oh, of course. What, uh, <laughs> what? I don't remember that. When was that? Dude, I was literally just watching that episode yesterday. He A bat gets into The Office somehow and Jim claims he's been bitten by it. And then yeah. tricks Dwight by saying he's got all these symptoms. Dwight like devises a plan to kill Jim with a, a wooden stake. <laughs> it's such a good show. <laughs> Amazon's gonna be lost if they lose the office. Well, what do you mean? They have it. They have it exclusively. Apparently, they uh, don't have it exclusively because they, they don't, they Netflix, don't have it exclusively. Though. No, Netflix. So what's going on right now? I think is that NBC or whoever owns the office is threatening to pull pull it from uh, Netflix because they're wanting to start their own streaming service just like Disney's doing with all these other shows as well. NBC Universal, so that would be Comcast? Yeah, I think so. All all those properties. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, the big news, another big piece of news is this doesn't have to do with Kentucky, but Disney is going to completely own Hulu, which is wild. Yeah, Yeah, Start their own big streaming service for... Their content, but on top of that, they're gonna have live sports and powerhouse, man. And I, I, you know, I love this. I love digging in the stock market. And if you pay attention to any of that, you know, Netflix's like PDE ratio, which means you know their price to earnings is way, way in the hundreds. And then Disney's is down in you know the teens. So yeah. if they start getting into streaming, then it's gonna be an amazing, amazing company. Yeah, you long on Disney. I've always been long on Disney. My family grew up going to Disney every year. I'm about to go in a few yeah. weeks. Oh, I didn't know, dude. I'm jealous. I dude, I've never, Disney. I've never been to Disney World. Had a deprived childhood. Yeah, I don't know if you're an American. <laughs> I, uh, I drank around the world for my 21st birthday at Epcot. Dang, that's pretty sick. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Lexington. So, one of the last things we wanted to talk about was kind of ties into why we started this podcast. So yeah, started the podcast to basically, you know, get more local tech news and entrepreneurship stories out into the environment because the local media refuses to really cover them, yeah. um, which is disappointing, especially in the tech space. You know, they, they cover some good stories every once in a while in the business space, but there's nothing in the entrepreneurship or tech space really that they're doing. Um, and so I'm at Avail now. Uh, we're really hiring, we're hiring really fast and we're getting some really high profile names in the Lexington tech space to, you know, come help us out. Uh-huh. We did that with our customer success team. Uh, one of the guys who was really early in extreme, that's a company we haven't talked about here on the podcast. Eventually we'll get around to it, but yeah, that's big extreme, in the history of Lexington. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to cover it. So extreme just really quickly sold for about a close to a billion dollars to HP uh, way back in the day, they had built the software that whenever you get a mailer, you know, in the mailbox and it comes from a company, whether it's a promotion or some kind of, um, you know, or a um, piece of news, uh, that they use the Xtreme software. So, Xtreme mm-hmm. was a huge communications platform for a lot of businesses. 
It was uh, out of Lexington, got acquired for about a billion dollars. And we hired one of the first customer success guys that was at that company. And so obviously has a ton of experience, uh, pretty well known in the tech space around here. And so we sent the press release to one of the local papers here in Lexington. And they came back and said, uh, we're not interested in publishing this because our audience won't know what it is. Um, Pretty disappointing. It doesn't make a lot of sense, you know. Uh, if you want to, you know, publish stories of local businesses that are growing, uh, if you don't think your audience knows uh, something about, you know, customer success or anything in general about technology, then you should probably, you know, publish it anyways and let them educate themselves on it if they're interested. Is um, is that what way... they? Sorry, not to cut you off, but is what yeah, yeah. they thought people won't understand is what customer success is. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a combination of that and, you know, I'm sure the business in general, you know, it's software, it's enterprise, yeah. um, SaaS, and I'm sure their audience, sure, their audience might not know a lot about it, but if you're, if you're going to report business news, it shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, favor certain businesses over any others just because you don't understand oh, the way your audience understands them, you know? Do I have opinions about favoring businesses in Kentucky? Yeah, well, we don't, we don't yeah. <laughs> It's definitely a problem, and you know the press around here has to get over it. If mm-hmm. they're doing a disservice, honestly, they're doing a disservice to everybody in Lexington if they're not publishing good stories of businesses growing, whether they're tech or not. You know, and this is not just pointing out it's because it's tech. This wow. is in general. If there's a growing company that's doing awesome things, it doesn't matter if the audience, uh, you know, is gonna understand it. Um, you should do it because the audience needs to understand it. They need to understand there's a growing tech space in Lexington because at some point uh, you're, you're not reporting news anymore. You're just reporting what you want to get out in the world. And that's not what, you know, these outlets are for. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about beer at the top of the episode. Um, well, you know, like I was saying, the breweries are huge uh, businesses and, and huge culture drivers in Lexington. But even them, I don't see – I've seen, you know, an article here and there, but I don't see that much coverage of what they're doing and how they're innovating and all that kind of stuff. And I think that relates to exactly what you're saying. It's not just technology that's ignored. It's business news that falls outside of the business news that's always been reported. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you go to these, you know, publishers websites and you go to the business section, it's just, I mean, I'm doing it now. I mean, give me a second. Um, yeah. it, it's just, there's nothing special about it. The, which is, you know, part of that ties into the scene here is not particularly, you know, that's why we're doing the podcast. We're bringing more awareness to it and it's a very fast growing you know, space, but you look on here, there's not a whole lot of, you know, tech news and there should be. Because you know, a lot of great stories. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's just, it seems like anything related to local business, it seems like I figure out on social media rather than through any of the the uh, yeah. news news sources, which, yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of to be expected, especially, I know we've mentioned how old some of the reporters are. It's just like the average age in Lexington is around 30, and the average age of some of these reporters is up in the 50s. I think they're just kind of out of touch, honestly. Yeah, I mean, long term, they're going to go out of business. Unless they figure out how to, you know, get younger listeners, they might, you know, have to create deals with people like us. But yeah. if they don't start writing relevant stories that, you know, help the community and really bring more awareness to what's going on uh, and, um, you know, all the exciting stuff, then ultimately they're going to go out of business because if they can't relate to the demographic that's coming up in Lexington, Lexington's a very young city, 
they can't relate to them very well, then they're going to go out. You know what else is a really good example is big-ass fans. Uh, there's not too many articles about what they're doing, and they're freaking huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the best the best example is Fuji. Fuji is the most exciting company at a public level. Mm-hmm. Uh, in culture, you mean, like just nationally? In culture, and, yeah, yeah, that I can even think of to ever go through Lexington or even Kentucky. Uh, almost like we're working, you know, they were working when I was there with biggest brands in the world. And so every time we worked with Disney or every time we work with, you know, Netflix, you know, it'd be cool to write a story. So people in Lexington understand, Hey, there's a company right in our back door that's doing hundred and hundred thousand dollars, you know, six figure deals with Netflix and Disney to do marketing campaigns that are delivering using drones. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I guarantee That's that would brilliant. blow people's minds in this area if they knew that. There's probably so many people that have no idea what's going on in their own backyard. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. And so we'll keep bringing the news. We'll keep talking to people on this podcast, and we'll keep doing these news roundtables because, I mean, I, I think over time, like you said, it's going to keep going, uh, going that way, and it's going to keep getting more awareness, and let's be a part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely.